Look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne of grace on this day, Lord God. And I pray that we, in this moment, just this short moment, that we can turn our attention to you, Lord God. That we may be able to hear what thus saith the Lord. Lord, I pray that we will be able to understand the value of the time that we have in your presence. And for many of us and for most of us, that's only a short period of time, Lord God. So if you will, Lord God, touch us by your spirit, O oh Lord. Encourage us in and through your word. I pray right now for every body and every soul that's in this place. That a settlement will come up over them right now, Lord God. A settlement of humility, Lord God. A settlement of openness. A settlement of a heart that is seeking and yearning after you, Lord God. And that we are in this one moment right now that we're putting aside everything else. All the cares of life, all that uh, is before, after, Lord God, but in this moment, Lord God, that we humble ourselves before your throne in the mighty name of Jesus. In all this in agreement, let us say amen. Amen, amen and amen. First Peter chapter 5, please. First Peter chapter 5. And we'll use for... Uh, a thought on this morning that which God has spoken um, on yesterday to me and I just feel that there is a word uh, of encouragement for us and that is covering one another. Covering one another. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, let us open them up to First Peter chapter 5. In 1 Peter chapter 5, as you uh, are turning your Bibles there, uh, it's a powerful uh, scripture. It's a powerful scripture in the sense that God uh, used Peter to encourage the leaders of the church in such a way that they would accomplish his will by shepherding the flock of God and, and pointing out to them and showing them the responsibility of leaders to the flock or for the flock, I should say, to the almighty God, the, our faithful creator. And in order to cover one another, God was speaking to my heart on last night and even this morning that um, it requires a submission unto God in order to cover one another. So the, the title of the message and the goal of the message is for us to come to an understanding of how we are uh, not only to love one another as the new commandment gives us, 
but also to cover one another. And so in that, if you will, let us read, uh, starting in verse 5. This again is 1 Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 5. This is after uh, 1 through 4 where he had already told the elders, you know, it, uh, it, it, it imparted to them, you know, how to shepherd the sheep of his flock. And then he turns to the congregation and he says, likewise, you young people. And here the young people is not just talking about an age. He's talking about the congregation. He says, uh, submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive. This is the point here. To one another. And be clothed in humility. For God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. Is everybody with me? Amen. I'm going to read the second part of verse 5 again, and then we'll move forward. It says, yes, all of you submit. Be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility. See, here what he's talking about is just not the few of us that's in here, but he's talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to each and every one of us individually as believers. Each and every one of us that have put our hope and our trust in God through Christ Jesus. Each and every one of us that he had talked about earlier in the earlier chapters that has a reservation in all eternity, um, uh, in, in the heavenlies that God has made for us. So he is speaking to us. Yes, he refers to the uh, to believers here as young people, but he's speaking to each and every one of us. So it don't mean that you have to be uh, a member of true love or even uh, 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 or a certain church, but this is talking about a believer in Jesus Christ. So he's talking about if you have any hopes of spending eternity with God, then he's talking to you. Somebody say, he's talking to me then. Glory be to God. And so he says that in that, that it requires that one also be clothed with humility. Uh, God, why? Because God resists the proud and he gives grace unto the humble. In verse six, it says, therefore humble yourself unto, excuse me, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. See, this humility that he's calling us to is not to one another, but it is a benefit for one another. This humility he's calling us to is unto the mighty hand or under the mighty hand of God. And see, and when we humble ourselves unto the hand of the almighty God, then what happens is then each one another becomes a benefit of that or a benefactor of that, if I can say it like that. And it says that you may be, excuse me, that he may exhaust you in due time. See, therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. See, we live in a world right now where it's too, too many and too often uh, we seeking to exalt ourselves. We seeking, you know, uh, through 
uh, accolades and, and through many sources in many ways to exalt ourselves. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with uh, us being, you know, walking through this journey and, and, and having an expectation or working hard to achieve. But for many, the achievement have turned into an exhortation of oneself. And I ain't just talking about the people of the world because that we expect, that God expects, God, that God knows. But we are talking about those of us that have confessed Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. See, he needs us to understand that it's gonna, it requires us in order to cover one another, that is going to require us to humble ourselves under the hand of the Almighty God. Amen. Knowing that He and He alone is able, and He and He alone will yes. exhort or exalt you. Yes. But you notice the exaltation of you comes in what? in due time. And see, that due time is not your time. Come on, somebody. That due time is not your time, but it's his. Amen. Peter says to the people of God, uh, that the people of God should, that should submit to and respect the church leaders, you know, and one another. See, this implies that people should uh, act without grumbling, come on somebody, gossiping, and it also implies that we should act in such a way that don't cause division. When Peter speaks to the young people, like I said, he's not speaking, you know, to uh, a certain age group, but this is in, to the entire congregation or to the entire body of Christ, and we need to keep this in mind. Amen. Even in verse 6, as in, even in the midst of suffering, humility is what we ought to be seeking. Humble submission is the key to the Christian life. Humble submission is the key to the Christian life. Humility means Christians should depend willingly on someone else and see others as better than themselves. And I know that's a hard word because the way we grew up is, and what we've learned most of our life is that we ought not to depend on no one else. But that's the way of the world. That's not the way of God. See, because what I said from the beginning, in order to cover one another, see, in God, it's about one another. This is a beautiful thing if your heart can hear what God is saying. And, and, and the thing about it, it does require us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Hallelujah. And the, the humbling ourselves under the hand of the Almighty God will always lead us to his exhortation. You know, in verse 7, this simply put uh, a profound formula together is what it does that can stop the worry 
in his tracks. See, we worry about many things. Look at verse 7 again. It says this in verse 7. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. What will stop worry? See, and what do you what do you mean? How do worry come into into play in this? Because uh, let me explain it to you. Because to submit yourself to God and to resist the devil, you know, the submission unto God requires us to. You know, to humble ourselves in, in such a way that it requires us to to look out for one another. You know, and, and, and for in looking out for one another, what happens is is that we can go through some suffering. And matter of fact, that suffering starts with the suffering of our flesh, because for most of us, we are willing, used to uh, looking out for ourselves and and putting ourselves above others, but here the Christian life, to live a life in unity with, with, with Christ, to be in him, to be uh, pulled into him, or to come into him, it requires us to, to put others above ourselves. See, somebody didn't heard this before, and it wasn't just Peter that said this, because some of us know that God even used Paul to say the same thing. That we ought to esteem others above ourselves. It's how he used Paul to say it. And so these things can cause us not only the suffering that the world offers, but even the suffering that comes against our own flesh in humbling ourselves. See, God knew to, to humble oneself that it would cause some suffering. Come on, somebody. And if you don't know that uh, humility causes suffering, is obviously is because you ain't tried to humble yourself. For any of us that have tried to and, and, and have really purposed <coughs> in our heart to humble ourselves to one another, then we've experienced some pain in our flesh. And God is saying that I ain't going to leave you stranded. So he's given us the remedy even for that as the answer is to take these worries to the Lord in prayer. See, that's what we have to do is we have to be able to take these worries to the Lord in prayer. So in order to humble ourselves, we got to pray. We simply got to honestly pray. And I ain't just talking about some superficial prayer but this prayer has to come from the depths of your heart in there and I want to be able to merge together with that which God has given me because at this point right here this is the, the, the point to, to be able to merge on really the title of the message of covering one another because once we didn't come to this place and we are at this place now of, of earnestly being able to pray to God because it's God's will that we humble ourselves to one another. I mean, unto him, uh, that each one of us may benefit from that humility. So God was telling me yesterday that, you know, to, to cover one another, it, you know, it requires praying for one another. It requires praying for one another, but the thing that he told me is that praying uh, that what has happened for many of us 
uh, while we would call ourselves praying for one another, what we've been doing is praying against one another. And let me give you some more clarity in that because this praying, this praying against one another is no, is not praying, uh, you know, that something bad happens to this person, but it's a trick of the enemy that has us praying uh, for others, but it's actually us praying against one another because our prayer for one another is that, oh, God, help them to, to stop doing this or, oh, God, help them to, to quit doing this. And we see the faults in, in one another and we begin to pray for the faults of, of another that God will heal and, and take away the faults of another. But what God says is to pray about what we don't like. So what it was is that we pray about the things that we don't like about one another. And that is actually what praying against one another really is. We pray what we want God to change in them to cover one in prayer is not us praying what we don't like about another person. In praying what we want God to change in another person. Co uh, here, listen to this. Covering is rebuking the accuser of the, which is the enemy, the devil, and casting down his accusations and taking the responsibility that he is not comfortable, excuse me, can you turn this up, getting a little echo here. To cover one another is to, to rebuke the, the accuser, which is the devil, and to cast down his accusations and to take responsibility for oneself. Let me explain to you what that means. See, to cover one another is to be able to more than praying that God change what you don't like. It's, it's God, it's, 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 it's rebuking the adversary. It's, it's when he brings this thing before you that you don't, that you don't like about your, whether it's your mother, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, your friend. See, when, when, when he, because when, it's the enemy that casts these thoughts, and when he brings these thoughts, more than us magnifying what, the, what, what he's trying to show us that we don't like about somebody, that we ought to cast down. Because the, the truth of the matter is, is there, if there's a problem between the two of us, the, the enemy is going uh, is going is accuser of the brethren from way back some of us know see he comes to accuse the brother he did it before God and in relationships then he's going to do it in relationships so he's going to magnify he's going to come and bring to you that which is not well oh, yo know, there's, there's a problem or what you don't like about somebody 
And what God is saying in order to cover, that's why it requires prayer and true prayer, not praying against one another, but actually praying for one another. And to do that, then it's, it's not asking God to change them, but it's asking God to open your heart up to where you can open a door for change. Come on, somebody. See, and that takes more work. We was in, a, in, the, in where this came from, uh, you know, as God begins to, to uh, you know, as God is speaking this to us, this came yesterday after the leadership meeting in, in, in our, um, in one of the sessions that we had in there and God finally begins to speak and, and, I, and he, I'm talking about he was speaking to me and he was showing me that, you know, if we ain't careful, all of us are very capable of, uh, and it's all a trick of the enemy. See, the enemy will use all that he can and all that he will to, to divide relationships, to bring forth division. You know, and obviously, if uh, we're talking about the church, he wants to divide the church. He wants to bring forth division. He wants to divide households. He wants to divide families. He wants to divide friends. He wants to destroy relationships. And in his trick that he does is he gets us to focus through accusations that he makes to us about someone else. And he gets us to focus on that accusation and let that be magnified more than us being able to walk in humility and see and walk in, in humility before God just like he said, then it, what it does, it covers relationships. It covers one another. So when the enemy comes to, to, be the, to accuse my wife of, of this, that, or whatever, when the enemy comes to accuse my mama of this, that, and when the enemy casts these thoughts about what my mama did 30, 40 years ago, when the enemy comes to cast these thoughts about my friend then it requires us to not rebuke my friend, not rebuke my mama, but it requires us to rebuke the adversary. Rebuke the, the, the accuser. This is what the word of God is talking about when he says, casting down every thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. But we've been used to doing that, so we'll, we'll entertain the accuser against our own brother. We'll let the enemy or the accuser of my brother have a field day in a, in a whole playground. We'll give them access to the whole playground of our minds. And God has said, I'm giving you the keys that will overcome the very tricks of the enemy. And it's crazy because I think it was Deacon Goodman said this morning uh, in the circle about praying against how uh, the, uh, not being deceived by the enemy or being tricked by the enemy because he is a trickster and he has been from the very beginning. He's a deceiver. He is a liar. He is an accuser of the brethren. 
Even way back then uh, in the story of Job that we know, you know uh, that Satan came into the, the presence of God and God asked him, what, where you been and what you been doing? He says, I've been roaming the earth. Come on, somebody. Going to and fro, seeking whom I may devour. And forever and ever he would come into the presence of God after being cast to the earth and a third of his angels with him or the third of the angels in heaven being cast to the earth with him that he would, be, he would come before the throne of God for one purpose and one purpose only. It wasn't to ask for forgiveness. It was to accuse the brother. It was to accuse one us. And so this ain't no, some, no, nothing new under the sun. This is what he's been doing for a very long time. And not only have he been doing it for a long time, my friends, he's very good at it. He's very good at it. Even to the point of dividing households. Even to the point of dividing your mothers and daughters from one another. Even to the point of dividing, you know, uh, husbands from wives and, and brothers from sisters and, and brothers from brothers, you know, even to the point of dividing people, you know, that, are, that grew up together and have so much hatred in their heart or because of the accusations of the accuser. The enemy, because they gave a foothold to the enemy. We family, but we're going to give a foothold to somebody on the outside. To the point where, to the tune of I ain't spoke to you in 25 years. There's mothers and daughters that are separated now that haven't spoke and, and, and refused to speak to one another and haven't spoke to each other in 10, 20, 30 years, my friend. Can you see? What the truth is, can we see the damage that just the accusations of the enemy and how it is sent out to accomplish one thing and one thing only, and that is destruction in the family, the, 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 the family of God and in your personal family, my friends. But God has called us to cover one another. And that covering one another, is, it, it, it comes in the form of, of humility, my friend. That we humble ourselves before the Almighty God. And in humbling ourselves, that, when the, that now we can actually go before the throne of God to actually intercede for one another. Glory be to God. And that intercession starts with me uh, 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 one examining his own heart in the presence of God saying Lord that is there a way that I can help yes my friend is struggling with this my brother is struggling with this my sister is struggling with this but what can I do to help him oh God not praying against what I don't like but the relationship is strained and, and, and we always can see what, what somebody else is, the strain that somebody else is causing uh, or, or bringing to the relationship. 
but can you see the strain that you're putting on the relationship? Because truly, that's the only part that you can control. And if it's two people that can actually see that that's in the relationship, then guess what happens? If they both address what they can fix, then guess what? The relationship is healed. Glory be to God. But as long as I'm concentrating on what you're supposed to heal, then I'm not, uh, and I'm praying even God for you to do what you're supposed to do, I'm not focused on what I'm supposed to do and ain't got no attention to it. And matter of fact, I ain't even gonna move on mine until I see a little bit of yours being done. See, we withhold that which the part that we can do because I don't see them, you ain't doing nothing. I, and matter of fact, if I do all of this, then they, we worried about a response more than trusting in God. We worried about a response from a person more than trusting what God is saying. And this is a way of life. This is how we've learned this. But God is calling us past what we've learned and calling us past what we know. Because just as the song that we sung, that he is God alone. And, then if, you, and if you read the words, listen to the words, if you even sang the song, the, the words to the song, then you know he don't need no help being God. He don't. He don't need our help. But what he needs or what we need is to submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from us. He cannot use us and then we can begin truly to cover one another. That is truly where our covering one another comes from. Come on, somebody. See, you know, the thing about it is, is when you, when you talk about covering, you know, sometimes I fall asleep on the couch, and, and, and uh, you know, and it may get a little chilly, you know, and, and, and it's a nice thing that when I'm, I done fell asleep on the couch or, you know, leaning back in my recliner or whatever, then every now and then my wife will go and she'll bring and put over me a cover. And when she do that, I always, you know, immediately wake up because it seems to warm my legs up. She'll put it right over my legs, and, and I don't know, something about that. It ain't too many times that she didn't cover me that I didn't uh, wake up and, and realize it. Hallelujah. Yeah, when we are covered by one another, we some, somehow supernaturally, we, we get privy to that information. God gives us an awareness and an enlightenment to it. But isn't it a beautiful thing when we get covered? See, we can know and understand the, you know, the comfort and the, the appreciation, the gratitude that comes with being covered. And there's been some times that I was just, man, I'm sitting there uh, sleep, you know, because you halfway sleep or whatever, and I'm cold like a mug, but uh, don't have the will to get up and get a cover. But when that cover comes, man, the, it comes, the appreciation and the gratitude is, is always there. You understand what I'm saying? And the thing about it is, is that while we can understand that part of it, we can, we, when we experience some of the covering and we know the peace, the joy, and all the gratitude and everything else that come with that, then why can't we do it? Why is it so hard to cover? Yeah. 
We know how good it feels to be covered. But it's a challenge to cover. And we know where that challenge is. The challenge is the, the accuser of the brethren. But glory be to God today that if we hear what thus saith the Lord, we have some the tools to overcome. To overcome. We have some tools to overcome, and that is, them tools start with us casting down. We're going to rebuke something. Rebuke the devil. Don't rebuke your brother. Love your brother. Rebuke the devil. Amen? It's a very simple message, but it is a serious charge because God needs us. For his purpose. That, that, uh, and as we walk in his purposes, then it always brings forth a revelation of, of our benefit. Yeah. See, because anything and everything that God does, he never leaves us out. He don't always give us privilege to the information that's what is in it for us from the beginning. Because some, for some of us, it'll ruin us. We'll go into it with the wrong motivation. We'll go into focus on what we're going to get out of it, not how we're going to glorify God. But any and all things that God compels us to do that glorifies him, it will always be a benefit in it for you. For you, my friends. So as we come to the close right now, let us just be mindful that Christians should not only pray, but be vigilant about the way that they live carefully, not to let worry steal from our joy and our peace. You see what it says in verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because the adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren or brotherhood in the world. Amen. Knowing. See, when we go through some suffering or do some things and it causes us maybe to have a bad attitude or do something that may hurt somebody else, then we, we, we are totally connected to uh, the, the, what, that which we're going through. In there. But ain't it funny that when your brother is going through the same thing, but you happen to be the source of what he's going through in terms of he, you was the one that he stepped on, on the foot. See, we know that when we're going through something and we step on somebody's foot, then we, we can say, I'm sorry, excuse me, or whatever, or maybe not even say anything, but you need to understand because I'm going through this. But when we are the ones that the foot gets stepped on, why can't we understand what the brother, what we want people to understand about what we was going through, why can't we understand it about the brother?
This is why the Bible challenges us in verse 8 to be vigilant. Do you know what vigilant means? It means to be watchful. It means with a, 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 a purposed and an intended eye to be watchful of danger or, or situations that could come up. To be in full alert is what vigilant means. And he charges us to be vigilant even about our circumstances and our relationships. If you're in a relationship, whether it's your mama, your brother, who, or a husband, or wife, friend, again, then you, gonna, you know that there's going to be situations that come up because we have an adversary. But how many of us in our relationship are protecting our relationships by being vigilant? Meaning watchful. Meaning being on full alert that the enemy, and because and see, when we are not watchful, what happens is when the problem comes, then we looking at one another thinking they're the source of the problem. No, it's the adversary. So we quick to blame one another and point the finger at one another instead of pointing the finger at the true source, which is the adversary. The one that told God himself that I'm roaming around, I'm looking, I'm seeking. Amongst your children, whom I may devour, whom I may deceive, whom I may be able to cast that thought to and, 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 get, and separate some relationships. Because God, I know you don't like them close relationships. I mean, I know you like them close relationships. I'm trying to destroy that. So today, as the word of God says, in the day that you hear his voice, don't let your heart be hardened by what God is saying. No, receive what God is saying. So if you need to go apologize to your wife, if you need to go apologize to your cousin, if you need to call your mama that you ain't spoke to in 20 years, my friend, today is that day. Don't stay stuck where you are. And not only apologize, we have to change our mindset. Meaning what? We have to begin to cover one another. So we have to begin to know that what I'm capable of, uh, you know, uh, a feeling that you are, I'm capable of, of giving. I know we, we got to cover one another and knowing that what I, what hurts my feelings can hurt yours as well. We have to cover one another knowing that what I do Like this saying, uh, the simple saying that even the world know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Knowing that we make mistakes in all of that. But it's crazy when I make a mistake, then I'm looking for all the grace and the mercy. But when the mistake has been made towards me, I'm the hardest core. You ain't going to treat me like that. And I've already did the same thing 10 times the same day. But then when it comes to me feeling any, even just a itty bitty part of that, you know, my flesh jumps with the, with the, with the accusation that comes from the enemy. My flesh is drawn by the accusation that comes from the enemy, my friend. 
and never remembering what I was just forgiven for or what I had to just apologize for even if I did. So glory be to God that we as Christians, that God is encouraging us to pray and to be vigilant, my friend. And in that, it truly will allow us and give us the opportunity to cover one another. Amen. Let us look to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we magnify and we glorify your precious name. Thanking you, Lord God, for just your words, your truth that continues to encourage us to move a step further, Lord God. To move past the moment where we are, that moment that stirs and boils our flesh up. That even to the point of it's like our blood is boiling on the inside of us. How dare you? Yes, we will find a way to pray and And cannot even see our own wrong, our own disrespect. Because what's magnified is how I've been wronged or how I think I've been disrespected. So, Father, we just pray right now for our weak, the weakness of our flesh, Lord God, that our strength can be found in your spirit, O oh God. The spirit that you've given us to lead and guide us and to change us, to mold and make us, oh God. So right now, these, your people that have heard your word this day, Lord God, let it take root in each and every one of our hearts, right, where you have sent it out to touch that place, Lord God, that you sent it to, to touch to minister to, to humble ourselves, Lord God. Let us not leave out the humility that we're going to need on this journey, Lord God. Realizing that the humility is going to be the key because there's going to be many times that the accuser will bring forth something that will boil our flesh. And it's going to require the humility of our spirit, oh God, to put out that fire. Hallelujah, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, let all the saints of God say amen, amen, and amen. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. If you, because this is the love of God more than anything, my friends. God loves us enough that he wants to speak to us right where we are and to give to us right that which we, 